0: This is basically the number one design issue with mm-hmm. respect to with internationalization. All your is, UIs are fed. Yeah. You have to, if you're not planning from the very beginning to handle, because basically, as of the thing, you got your character width and like the square characters versus not, but you've also got German. Oh and my German, god.
1: German. What the f is going on over there? <laughs> oh. <Dirt>. Scotch. <laughs> Hey everybody, welcome to episode 454 of Coffee with Butterscotch, the game Dev comedy podcast of Butterscotch shenanigans. I'm Seth and I'm the games programmer. I'm Adam and I'm the webs programmer. I'm Sam and I'm there teased. And this is a show where we talk about life, business, and working in the games industry. Today is February 9th, 22 by 4. February. Before we get started... We have a warning. There's going to be profanity in this show. We'd also like to thank our recurring supporters over at moneygrab.bscotch.net. Thank you so much for your monthly donations to help keep the pod juices flowing. Uh, All right. So today we are going to, we're going to, we're going to to really just talk about localization. Mm. Uh, I don't know if we'll even have time to get some questions because man, we can bloviate about localization a lot. Yeah, because it's a big problem. So first, let's probably step back. And what, what, are, what even is it? Because that's a term that probably not. Everybody and there's a handful with? of related terms, yeah. So th- this is part of our sort of
0: recurring theme that making games is the easy part, and it's all the rest that's actually really hard, you know. Yeah, uh, and well, so as in
1: like you could make a you can make a game in a weekend yeah. and have it be fun and playable and even polished and really mm-hmm. nice, right? Yeah,
0: having it be production ready, working on all platforms, be tested, be localized, be et cetera, et cetera, et cetera, and you know, the list goes on and on. Uh, that all that stuff is who boy oh, that's boy. hard part. That's a lot. Um, Yeah, so, so localization. Uh, So we got internationalization, localization and translation. Those are the three kind of core ideas that are related, but not the same. So I'm just going to. Define them real quick. Mid-
1: define terms.
0: Internationalization is the process by which you prepare your game to be translated, basically, right? So that means mm-hmm. like pulling all the strings out, strings meaning the text, right? Pulling all the strings out so that translators have access to them, describing them, setting up things so that numbers would get formatted differently depending on the language mm-hmm. choice and all this kind of stuff, right? So so when you first like make a game, if you're not paying attention to any of this stuff, what you're going to end up with is everything is just kind of baked in for your native language, right? And then when you go to be like, okay, now it's time to localize this thing. Oh You need to go through that internationalization step, where you basically localization part. So then, so that's now the internationalization. Then we got localization and translation, which are highly overlapping concepts, right? So look, so translation is just the like, I got something in this language, I want it in this other language, and you just verbatim just try to just convert, just
1: try to convert. yeah.
0: Yeah. So localization is the same idea but fancier, where you're basically taking into account. All the stuff that goes into, like, differences between cultures and formats and all this kind of stuff, right? So maybe Colloquialisms.
1: Like memes. Uh, jokes. Memes. Yeah. Yeah. Because, yeah. like, like, the memes that we have and the, the kinds of jokes we have and stuff, uh, you know, in the U.S. even, may not be the same ones that are in the U.K., even though we both speak English. Yeah. Right? Mm-hmm. Uh, And so if we're, if we're localizing our game for, for a certain region of the world, we have to make sure like the jokes have to land, the stories have to make sense. The characters have to speak in a way that, that works, you know, because oftentimes
2: if you do do a direct translation, right. Like a direct translation of something, uh, a lot of the times you end up with a lot of essentially chaos factors because a lot of idioms, a lot of jokes, they don't make any fucking sense. Outside of your cultural context, like any yeah. sense, right? And, and so,
1: oftentimes, they barely even make sense in the cultural context they started in. Yeah, they the require a shared understanding
2: the of the world. Yes. Yeah.
0: yeah, yeah. So you can, yeah, you can yeah, think of like localization as translation with full context is basically what it is, right? Yes. So, so, but you, I mean, but but localization translation as words are kind of used basically interchangeably. You just know that they don't mean exactly Quite. the same thing. And you'll see when you're when you're getting into like getting professional translation done of a game. We're going to be talking to localization teams, right? Um, yeah. So you, as a developer, mostly what you're doing is like the internationalization. You're preparing to make it possible to do localization, and then you're going to hand over all the stuff. You're going to hand mm-hmm. over all the all the strings, all the documentation, all the context, your game itself, whatever it is that the that the localization team is going to need. And you well, hand that over we to get into like localizers and they do it.
2: Yeah. Before we get into all the like. Uh The the how this goes about. It's good to back up and ask a question like, "Why would you bother?" Why bother? Right? Because this is a very different process than localizing other kinds of content. So whether that's like a book or a TV show or something like that, where it is possible for a person translating said thing to actually essentially experience the full context of that thing. Like, there's nothing about a book that is happening sort of randomly to a person in different contexts. Like, if you read it in a cafe, page six turns into a, a fucking
1: origami crane that you have to fold to get to yeah. page seven. Like, that doesn't it's a, happen. It's right. a fully encapsulated experience that each person will experience sequentially, and they will experience the whole thing in and a pretty constrained a time frame. Yes, It's only in text and like, you know, if you read a book, maybe it'll take you six hours or something like that to, to read the book. Uh, somebody else might take seven hours, eight hours, whatever. People read at different speeds, but you're still reading the same words in the same order yes. and you're getting the exact same story. Yes.
2: And the same and thing it, works for, right. for TV shows for else, where also if you think about the role of a uh, translator in this context, they are able to see the entirety of what the audience is going to see at that moment in time, right? Yeah. And, as a-
1: and they don't have to have any skill. They don't have to have... Any special hardware, you know? Well, like the, if you they do it, need
0: to have a lot of skill because translation...
1: Well, sorry, I mean I mean, like, uh, like fast twitch of, skill, yeah, like gaming yeah. skills uh, right, or, you know, yeah. whatever, right? Like they have to be good at translating, but they don't have to be good uh, at that many other game. things yep. to like read a book. <laughs> right, so, <laughs> yeah. so
2: there's there's a difference here then in uh, basically experientially how games unroll versus other kinds of media that are more serial in, in time, right? Where you experience it as a time flow. And so that provides a, that basically sets the scene then for a lot of this tech development that's required in order to be able to do uh, a good translation for a game, good localization for a game. So again, the question is like, why? Yeah. If you think
0: think about that in terms of like, like Crashlands 2, right? So a book, fully learned experience versus Crashlands 2, the question at hand is basically in the game of Crashlands, we have, let's say a creature that you could hit with a certain weapon, right? That's made out of its parts, right? And you've got quests that mention that creature, right and some other thing that unlocks that creature and some other thing where people two characters are talking about it or whatever right mm-hmm. uh what order do you put those in so that the translators know what the hell is happening
2: right yeah because again and, you can't require that they play the game yeah. in order to translate it. it's not like and it's also not like a book where you know games typically are one-way valves right where if you finish this quest you don't just flip the page backward to go check it out again yeah out you lose access to content you lose it's access so you have to develop all these dev tools and stuff. So again, like when you back up and you ask the question, like why would you care? That because this is this is horrendously complicated. Yeah. And on a per game basis, it's horrendously complicated. There's no easy solution. So why? Yeah. There's why one. even care? There's
0: one obvious easy answer. That's not even about like the business case. But if you do make a game and sell it and it's reasonably popular, you will now be for the rest of time bombarded at random by people who don't speak the language that you made that game in, asking you to localize it into their language, right? Mm-hmm. So at base, like that's kind of, that's the reason, right? Is because people want to be able to actually experience your game and they can't if it's in a language that they don't know, right?
1: And they'll tell you and, about and it. And also they'll tell
0: So <laughs> they you'll be constantly you. aware that you've kind of left players out. Right of yours. yeah which
1: like it's you know it's a perpetual bummer that you know like the original Crashlands is only in two languages, English and Chinese. Um, it took I think eight months to get the game localized into Chinese. It was the game not, took two years to make. So yeah, it was time. not set up. It was not set up for. It was not set up for internationalization like Adam yeah. was talking about. So so we didn't. We hadn't like made a game that we could conceive of being popular or accessible outside of even like the US in our early days and so uh the idea of localization was just not on our radar at that time and also we just didn't have the resources to yeah, think it's about an it infrastructure you know? problem. like we legit had like $500 in our bank account when we launched crashlands yep. there's no like we could not have localized it it costs Typically, lot. about like, like 11, cent, 10 to 15 cents, I guess, per word. Yeah, per uh, language. Per language, right? Yep. And so, Crashlands had 60 or 70,000 words in it, do the math, it's not $500. I'll tell you <laughs> That's that. a lot, no. uh, yeah, yeah. So, but I think
2: when you back it up, it's also the fact that, like, so one, yeah, if you have a game that does do well, you have a lot of people who play it in English who, of course, like would want to share it with their friends, whatever else. There's a broader audience basically available for it. But then two is actually is from a direct business case thing, which is if you're a developer and you're wanting to do a deal, right? We've talked a lot about the deals, right? On Game Pass, uh, Netflix, Apple Arcade, whatever. Many of those deals nowadays require some number of languages. With those big partners, yeah. With the big partners. Because they they support, I mean, all
0: of their stuff, they want to be as international as possible because they're trying to make money everywhere. If
2: you're like, if you're Apple Arcade or something like that, and you actually have literally millions of players across the globe. And you want them to all be able to buy, opt into this, uh, you know, subscription service for your games. It would be crazy to not essentially put languages as one of the things that you're trying to make sure all the devs do, so yeah. that you have the reach that you need in order to support. It would be hard well, to sell
0: your service at the same price in some other locale where only a third of the games are actually playable in that language, right? Well, so and it's-
1: importantly, it's a it's a curated platform. They only have so many games on there. Right, and so if they're if they're if you're coming in with your really high quality game that is only in English, and somebody else comes in with a equally high quality game that is in every language, which one are they gonna? Which one are they gonna? Yep. give the slot.
0: Well, and know? it's also part of the whole, like you know, we talk about the importance of cross platform development and stuff. It's it's the same, it's the same idea, right? It's the more markets you can participate in the more likely you're able to recoup all of your costs and
1: actually stay afloat. Um yeah, well and because of cultural differences like so, sometimes you'll see certain types of game or genre of game are more appealing to people in certain countries or cultures and so and also just randomly. Ga- and randomly, yes, yeah, so like your game may end up like actually not doing very well in your native country and then it it goes gangbusters a- I mean, halfway across the world. Yeah, Crashlands
0: you know? uh, original Crashlands is a good example of this where Crashlands did fine like in, in the U.S., right? It did in the U.S. Uh, but once we localized it... Actually, before we even localized it into Chinese, into Mandarin Chinese on purpose, it had already been pirated, cracked, and... and Someone translated made- by some <laughs> randos, right, in, yeah. in China, and uh, which we discovered, like, a while later. But then w- once we had some analytics in the game, we discovered that a fucking enormous number of people were playing that cracked, uh, Millions. Fan, basically fan-localized version of the game, right? Uh, more than we actually had playing the the english version yeah, um, it's typical for pirates frankly but. yeah it, it, yeah, There's always, <laughs> yeah so yeah when you talk, talk about piracy it's always a bigger number do it. um but so once we did localize so, so at this point now you know here what eight years later or something right mm-hmm. um if you look at our uh, on steam if you look at our breakdown of where people are buying original crash lanes, it's now majority from china right mm-hmm. uh, so and that was like not what we expected. We, like we did, we did support for simplified Chinese because we were working with Wii Game to get Crashlands onto their platform in China at the time. Right? We weren't really thinking that, like, oh yeah, this is also going to be a, oh, uh, good for a good sales market. Sales. We, yeah, did, exactly. And it, it turned to out to be. Uh, and and that was a, that lesson too of of uh, a lot of this is you just don't know where your audience
2: is going. Yeah, to Yeah, you don't know be. where it's
0: going to show up. Um, yeah. Yeah, so is, it's part of, like, it's really expensive to do cross-platform development. It's really expensive to do multi-language support, right? Like, all these things mm-hmm. are really expensive, but anytime something that's expensive gives you access to a new market, it's a, it's a reasonably good
2: dice roll, yeah. you know? But it's, Especially because, and then the kind of the final point for me is that, like, okay, so you got your broader audience thing, or just the fact that if you make a game that people like, they're, you're going to get bombarded, right? Okay, so have an answer if that's good. Two is, of course, business deals. Nowadays, the big ones require it, oftentimes. So you need to be prepared, and then three is just kind of at this point algorithmically on something like fucking Steam or you know whatever place or whatever else you're on. The while it's true that uh, localized, a localized a localized language is going to be a smaller percent or like a, a particularly small percent of your audience potentially. So if you're like in I don't know if you like Polish or something like that, it's not like the vast majority of Steam players are Polish, right? yeah it's actually but, still a tiny fraction right it's still a tiny fraction but there's these there's these little multiplier effects where uh, a lot of the velocity stuff with these algorithms is just about getting over certain thresholds certain humps before it really starts like kicking you into gear right so it's not necessarily the case that you need every language to somehow perform you know essentially like english or chinese can in terms of just like just the sheer audience size but rather any one of these languages giving you a couple of these like these little edges these little bumps up um in terms of velocity in terms of uh how many people are wishlisting the game whatever can then essentially flip it's a tipping point problem right you just gotta you want to get over certain thresholds where now steam recognizes that the game is is more popular than you know some other games or you kind of get out of the basement bin with some of these things with regards to like just how many wishlists there are how many sales etc and so it's that it's the huge wombo combo of like yeah it's all the things and then you have the problem of like okay so if it's kind of required in a business sense nowadays because of subscription model stuff and it can give you the boost that you need to like
1: not fade into obscurity from a discovery standpoint how do you do how do you do, this? do it all right yeah. so let's let's talk about all right so there's kind of like three three pieces to this that we hopefully can can talk about in this episode uh so the first one is just what does it mean to to internationalize your game? So how do you how do you think about setting up your game so that it's easy to yes to translate text to localize? Um, the second thing is then just the actual process of of localizing it. So what do the translators need and how do they go about their job? And then the last bit is getting the getting the translations back into the game, yeah. right? So it's it's a loop. You got to get the text out of the game. Get it to the translators. Give them what they need. Get stuff back from them. Put it back in the game. Right. Mm-hmm.
2: Yep. So, and then of course, so, it changes management across that system. Yeah. Right. That's the yeah. thing
0: you'll learn about doing any kind of like real production development work like this. Is everything is about change management it, at the end. It's handoffs and change management.
1: Yeah. It's just so. So since I spent a lot of time on the internationalization side of things, which is setting up the game, programming it so they can accommodate uh, multiple languages. I'll talk about that, uh, Mm -hmm. that part, which is, so I think about it as kind of like three primary problem domains. Okay. So the first two are pretty, pretty Obvious if you think about them, but if you haven't thought about them, you'll run into problems. First one is fonts. Yeah. Not every font supports every character.
0: In fact, and most you- fonts support very few languages.
1: Yeah. And so you may have chosen a font for your game that, that like, as you're making it in English, English doesn't actually have that, that many characters, really. Mm-hmm. Right? Um, And so all the text in your game looks great. It's formatted great. It fits well in all the interfaces and all that stuff. With your Uh, painstakingly
0: chosen font that you spent, you know, hours and hours getting exactly the right font. Yeah, because it's just
1: stylistically, it's just the Uh, one that your game needs. And all of your designs
0: are now like focused on that font. It's like the centerpiece, you know, like it's all baked into your whole design plan.
1: So then you translate into Polish. And you get it back, and there's just a bunch of weird squares all over your interface because it turns out your font doesn't have those characters and it can't render them, and they just go to some default like placeholder glyph, glyph means which is a rectangle. Also called is it called yeah.
2: tofu? Call it's called tofu. tofu, yeah. They it's yeah. one of the yeah. colloquialism.
1: So sort. so that's that's a big consideration. Make sure that so you could you could you have a couple options. One is you can choose new fonts for for other languages and just have the font swap. Um, that takes a little bit more work, right? Because then you got to find a bunch of fonts instead of just like one that has a shitload of characters in it. Mm-hmm. Um, but it's generally going to be the case that that for uh, what we what you call like the CJK languages, the yeah, Chinese, Chinese, Japanese, German. Korean, yep. um, which isn't like there, there's also like you know, sub like variations of those languages, but they share a lot of characters and stuff. Um, and so you'll typically have at least two fonts where one is for your CJK languages and the other is for your non-CJK languages. Yeah.
0: And then if you're also supporting so, some other stuff like Turkish and these kinds of things, right, then you may also have different ones for... The, so it's supposed kind of got like your you, Western European language set is like one font. Mm-hmm. You can get away with probably not not most fonts, but you're going to be able to find fonts without too big of a problem that support all of that. And then for like Arabic and like Turkish and other kinds of things with like very different glyph mm-hmm. sets you probably gonna have to find a different font and then for yeah, cjk yep. definitely a different font uh cuz each cuz cjk is like that's always treated as kind of a separate case because you have to handle you know 50,000 glyphs per language kind of a thing right uh uh-huh. potentially um, of course your game probably doesn't use every single character in each language right but uh but you have to so that, like that 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 space yeah. is huge but it's a different but set I, of technical problems you have to deal with
1: yep so that that's a big consideration and when it comes to fonts the other thing is is width, yeah. width of characters. So if you, if you have a uh, font that is fairly narrow, which we ran into this problem in level head and we did, we did not make this mistake again with Crashlands 2, which is in level head, the uh, original font we chose for, for English that we were rendering in English is a very narrow font. It's very skinny. Uh, well, CJK languages have square shaped characters. Like each, it's almost like monospace where like each character takes up the same width, and they're yeah. they're wide, they're big, but you typically and need so,
0: fewer of them. Not always, but typically. But versus the English version,
1: right? Right. And so, but what you what we ended up with was in a lot of cases we would uh, we would have to change to a different font for for a language. That font happened to be much wider, and, and sometimes we would end up with more characters on top of that, and we would have these weird interface overflow problems where, like, because the fonts were so dramatically different in width. That our interface is just kind of this is basically the
0: number one design issue with Mm -hmm. respect to with internationalization. All your UIs are fucked. They're all fucked. Yeah, you have to if you're not planning from the very beginning to handle because basically, as of the thing, you got your character width and like the square characters versus not, But you've also got German. Oh my God.
1: German. What the fuck is going on over there? Yeah. <laughs> I love it because
2: they're like, you know, it's like the long variable naming practice in code where it's like, we just want you to know exactly what, what this yeah. you know, word is. And so they just kind of, you just explain a new thing by just tacking on additional other words. Yeah. To create a the problem
1: with German is, if you guys heard like this parable of like the, the grains of rice on the chessboard thing,
2: no.
1: well, it was like, the story is like some, some monk comes to this king and he's like, my, like, people in my village are starving. Uh, how about, how about we get a We get a chessboard and I'll, and we'll just, put, I'll put one grain of rice on the first square and then we'll just double the grains of rice on each square. And then however much rice is there at the end, that's how much you'll give to my village. And the king is like, pfft.
0: The king's like, I don't understand exponential. He's like starting
1: with one grain of rice, like no problem. And of course, by the time time you get to the end, it's like more grains of rice than the weight of the earth or some shit like that, you know? Um, So this is kind of, this is the kind of like the problem that you run into with, with a lot of these like localization issues is how like things kind of exponentially spiral out of control in terms of how many things you have to take into account. Uh, and so anyways, it's yeah. interfaces get, interfaces get crazy. Everything yeah. So, yeah, gets, so crazy. you just have to
0: be careful about if to design, and this is why it's called internationalization as part of, and it should be, if you're going to do it as early as possible. Oh my God. Yes. As early as possible. Cause the longer you wait, and this, this is part of the, why this is typically so hard, kind of like porting actually, it's the same kind of a problem yeah. where typically people who aren't, who aren't doing cross-platform development as like part of their thing or who aren't internationalizing things as part of their thing. Uh, And often, even when they are, they basically like make the game first, right? And then at the end, they're like, okay, how do we how do we internationalize this, right? And that's often that's also why like the concept of internationalization is like treated as a standalone thing. Often, it's like you've made your thing now, internationalize it, right? But if you're doing that, you're going to have a really really bad. Like I said, it took it took like more than half a year for us to get Crashlands, the original Crashlands, into Chinese, not because it took that long to translate it, it's, it takes a long time to translate stuff too, but we're talking weeks, you know, for a good size project, uh, not six months, right? But it's because all of these things we're talking about and many, many more things that we aren't talking about related to making it so that you can have it look good mm-hmm. and be understandable and be manageable on the developer side. Uh, well, it's we it's did it all at the end. We had to like redo yeah.
1: so many things in the game. Well, it's because you're, you're, when you're when you're developing the game, you're thinking about these things one at a time or sort of like sequentially, right? Which is like, okay, well, we need just need a different font. You know, all right, well, we just need to figure out a way to get the, the text out, blah, blah. But just like I was mentioning earlier, like these things, do, these things aren't independent. They they yeah. compound on each other. Like every decision that you make about how you're going to build your UIs, what fonts you're going to use, uh, what, like how you're going to format things, how much space there is, uh, how you've programmed just even displaying words on the screen. Like yeah. all these little how you're things. How you are handling word up,
0: breaks, just everything.
1: Yeah. And if you didn't start in the right place... Then you end up with just like a trillion problems, you know, that you yeah. now have to figure out how to un- undo. So, uh, so I'll talk about then like kind of the, the last bit. It's like, yeah, there there is the the font problems, missing characters. There's the UI space. Like, how do you fit it's stuff planning, the UI? Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. for it to show up. Mm-hmm. Um, and the last bit is just like, what about the actual words? Like, how do yep. you how do you set up your game so that you can show the proper words and mm-hmm. swap them. How out? does the right. game know to, to say
2: like, okay, you've toggled English or you toggled Polish or Chinese. How does it know where to get? Yeah. And, I, yeah and
0: before we it. even get into like what we're doing, the first answer there is there
1: isn't a way to do any of right. this. Right. Yeah. So the way that we do it is we just use a, we use a, a lookup system. It's a, it's a key value pair, or you can think about it like in layman's terms, like a coat check, you mm-hmm. know? So when we have, let's say we have like a button, on the, the main menu that just says play game, right? So what you could do, and what we did, for example, in the original <laughs> crash lens is we we create that button in the in the game project. And then when I'm choosing what the what the button's gonna display, I just type the words play game.
2: Hard coded. Maybe I'll hard
1: coded that onto that button. Right. So that's that means that if we ever wanted to change that. To localize it, we have to figure out how to make it so that the word play game on that button transforms into some other word uh, from a different language. Well, we can't do that if it's hard coded, right? Mm -hmm. So what we do instead now is we create a a token or like a little little key, which is just a little ID. So for example, instead of me typing play game, and putting that on that button, I will go over to my, my localization text lookup system. And I'll be and I'll make it a, a token that's called button underscore play underscore game. Right. And then I'll say, all right, the English text for this is play game. That's the English text. So on the button, I say to the button, Hey, go grab whatever text is associated with this token and, and show that. Mm-hmm. So go, go grab that. Um, and then when we when you want to actually show translated text, then you just point to a different, a different language grab collection. whatever this
2: button is in Chinese. And it's like, "Gotcha.
1: I know. yeah. So we'll have a big pile of of tokens under a Chinese section of our data. And here's all the Chinese words that are associated with those tokens. So you look for the same – yeah, so
0: you look up the same ID but just in the different set, the different language set. Yeah. And if you're thinking that sounds tedious as fuck when you originally could just type play game and now you have to be like, oh, God, I got to go create an ID and like do all this other stuff. That's true. And that's also what – it's the same as like testing, right? There's there's a reason that people do a bad job at writing tests and stuff. And it's the same reason they do a bad job at solving these problems early is because it's a pain in the ass. It makes things
2: that were easy hard. But especially early in dev, right? When you're trying early, to iterate, yeah. iterate as quickly as possible to find some, like get to a point where you're like, this game is worth internationalizing, right? Because it's like a big, you're not just going to yeah. necessarily be like, yeah, we're going to do it on this yeah. like game that no one even is interested in or whatever else. So you do have to make that decision at some point to start, enforcing these practices and like ideally like we said and it should start be as early as possible early as possible and that means that for us you know being a tooling first studio that we try to make ways to make it not such a pain in the ass to
0: yeah manage. and that's exactly it is that you need good processes and tooling as early as possible so that you can just start doing this kind of stuff because
2: yeah, your programmers aren't trying to kill you
0: yeah, because otherwise it's such a pain in the ass that people won't do it. And then the problem becomes now, you know, six months down the line, you're like, okay, now we have a few thousand, uh, you know, pieces of text spread across this code base that we now need to go find and then do it all in like one huge, horrible batch that's going to, that nobody's happy, right? Because it's, it's way better to because with all of these things, you're actually just trying to add a little bit of overhead all the time rather than
2: fuck loads of horrible overhead later, right? And, well, there's, and there's a reason getting back to what you're saying, which is that Because when you, if you, for example, do some test translations with a machine or something like that with this, with these early ones that you put in, you will find the ways in which your UI is broken already. Yeah. Which means that certain UI designs that that your team is even thinking about for the next system that they're developing don't make any sense anymore, right? Like, and this is is what we're talking about when we say this gets really into a really thorny and deep problem if you ignore it for too long. Because you can ignore it and essentially... think oh we'll just do if it was the case that you could just do this programming part of it later in one big batch you know what honestly sure whatever stops you from like slowing down stuff so, so much on the iteration part sure but the problem is it isn't it isn't isolated in there yeah. it spills onto the rest yeah. of the game if systems. you treat it as
0: separate you're gonna make it the outcome worse and your life harder yeah. but the
2: other, the other yeah. thing too
0: about forcing yourself to deal with it when it comes up right is that if every time a string comes up you have to think about localization and by string would be in the piece of text, right? That's the the kind of programming term. Programming yeah. term. So yeah. every time a piece of text, if, if every time you're adding a piece of text to the game, you also have to think about how does this get localized, right?
1: Yeah. Then Come now, up with a token, go create the yeah, token. If you have to,
0: on the one hand, yeah, it's kind of a pain in the ass, right? But on the other hand, that means that at the moment that you're putting that in, when you have full context. You're, you're now having to interact with the localization, with the internationalization sort of part of the thing where you can now ask the questions like, okay, what are translators going to need to know about this so mm-hmm. that, and like, does this show up all the time? What kinds of things might have to deal with when it's in other languages? It forces you to actually think about in the moment you're using it, all the different downstream consequences of your choices there, right? And also right. allowing you to, if you're, if you have good tooling to just add the context, Right in the data, right? That that stores that thing that that translators are going to need to know to be able to use this thing. Like, yeah, it's a play button. So you're like, this is a button. It's in this UI. Here's a picture of it, even or whatever, right? Mm -hmm. Uh, And and like here's the and like you can look at what you're doing and be like, here's the width constraints, right? So you can try to tell translators like, I really need to figure it out. I really need to figure out how to force this to be less than you know, thirty characters characters or whatever. Uh, Which they can't always do,
1: but you know, yeah. And so so this kind of comes then to the. The next part of the, of the of the issue, which is like, all right, so you've got all the all the text in your token system. Uh, once you've got it in there, meaning like it's in sort of like a lookup table or a database or you know whatever, however you have you got a store, dumb them. list. It's right? a big pile of tokens and text that are all connected to each other. So at some point, you're going to have to get that to someone. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So what oh. we kind of discovered is that although there are there are standards among translators and localization teams and stuff. It's not that standardized. Oh.
0: They all, like, the, the, any, the way, any way that given... I would think about it is that translation teams are mostly not in-house. They're mostly Correct. third-party entities, right? And because they they aren't part of the team putting the thing together, right, then they actually – it's not that they don't have things that are like standards. It's that they have to adapt to whatever they get, they got to deal with all the them. bullshit
1: everyone else Yeah, yeah. so, so historically— game devs they, just, just kind of throw shit at throw them shit. at random. Yeah, so they know? try to
0: support, you know, like—so even though they have, like, some standardized file formats, for example, so, like—so the big one is called XLIF, X-L-I-F-F. Uh, but even though, like, that's what they want to support and their tools best support, they're like, also we'll take a CSV file, also we'll take a Microsoft Excel doc, also we'll take whatever—
1: Whatever you got, we'll we'll, we'll figure it out. We'll figure it out
0: because we don't – because we know that you don't know, developer, enough to give us what we need. So (laughs) so just give us what you have. We know you didn't put any fucking effort
2: into this, right? Just give us what you have and we'll do our best from there, right? Give us your fifty thousand words from Crashlands in a spreadsheet, please. Just,
1: just sequentially not well sequentially, but not in any specifically understand order. order yep. but yep. just
2: in a pile. Yeah. Well, I think that's another uh, note, which is that when you're doing this uh, this lookup system, things that you you would think about as like of oh, these particular strings, these particular pieces of text should go in this order, or you know, once they get pulled out, should be available. In a particular sequence so that someone I don't know could like read the quest dialogue in the fucking order that it's given. Yeah, not going to yep.
1: happen by by, not, by default. Not without a lot of gotta consideration. Gotta yeah, you know. Yep. Yeah. Well, so this kind of gets us then to the next the next bit, which is okay. So you've gotten the text exported from your game somehow into some mm-hmm. file format. It's out there. It's out there, and you want to give it to translators. And this kind of comes back to what these these guys were talking about at the beginning, which is like this is not a book they're not going to be able to just read through all of the, the text that you've given them and understand because for example if they if you just give them the word play and in your mind you're like yeah that's the that's the play button from the main menu right well play doesn't always mean play game yeah. In the sense of a button, it might mean just like to play, like how, have like, fun. Children children Do play, and like have fun, right? It could refer to possible.
0: you could have play with an exclamation mark, which you'd think obviously that means it's a like play on a play button, but it could just be an exclamation where someone's commanding you to play.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah, you know. and and it's possible that like in English, it doesn't matter. Yeah. Just what same, same word, but in other languages, it, it might, might matter a lot. It might make a huge difference. And, so, and if you don't speak those languages, you don't know that. Yeah. Which so, is the
0: core problem on your side as, as the developer or, or the people that are trying to figure out how to assemble all the stuff for translation is that there is no way for you to know. Mm-hmm. There just isn't. What context is – or which things need context, extra context. To be able to handle all of the target languages that you're dealing with. Because even if you're not just monolingual, like the three of us are, you're not, even you're if, not a 12 language polyglot. You're not a 12, nobody's a 12 language polyglot who understands all the nuances <laughs> right. of the language. It's just not a thing. Right. And so you can't know. You just can't. And so your goal becomes how do I just provide as much context as possible? Right. Even because yeah, so you can't guess when you actually need to.
1: Yeah. So this, and this is where, where, so we've talked about kind of like the the core problems like you know game devs will have with just like programming the game and getting it set up. Now when it comes to this this problem of providing context, providing additional information about things. As far as we understand, this is largely an unsolved problem in the sense that there is no real stand there's no it's joke there's there's like, every time. Yeah. There's no tool. There's no web service we can just sign up for. It's like localization buddy that you just make an account and you just give it all your strings and you can just provide all the information. Well, I will or, say there whatever, are you know? lots
0: of tools that are like that, right? In the sense of like for handling various things of related to translation, right? Because there's like, of so the popular ones are for like crowdsourcing translations and all this mm-hmm. kind of stuff, right? There are tools, there are tools, right? But they're not, they're all trying to be like an all-in-one thing that actually isn't what translators want in like this kind of a scenario,
2: you know? And oftentimes is isn't what devs want either. And it's also sort of it's weird. Yeah. It's like a particular way of solving the problem from the outside that, that people building the game or then translating the game typically can't quite fully make use of because it's not built by either of those people.
0: Yeah. But even if, it, even if it was though, because you still got to figure out how do you... So say you've got an external tool to do that kind of stuff, right? Or like you're like annotating everything. Still, how do you know who's annotating it? How do they know what needs to go in there, right? What what it, What is the information? Who's responsible? For you got to sort all that stuff out. And then you have to answer the question is now, how do I get all of this information downstream to translators? Because if you're using like an all-in-one service kind of a thing, like and these, these do exist, but usually they're not as good, right? I won't say always because I can't possibly know all of that, right? But like typically speaking, those are pretty like – those are for getting you like really fast just on the edge of acceptable translations, which are good for things like websites, right? But less good for things like uh, a fictional universe. (laughs) Like it doesn't work as well in that context, right? So so you have that. But then how do the translators get access to it? So if you're using one of these like all-in-one sort of services, then that's – the translators are using that same service. It's all part of the same deal. Right. But again, those usually aren't for things like bespoke game uh, translation. Right. Yeah. So, so, so even if you could be like, well, I could just get login access, like pay for now you like, I could be like, well, I need a, you know, a few dozen translators for all the languages that we're covered because it's usually two or three people per language, et cetera. So you'd be like, well, I could, you know, pay to, Licensing fees, because it's always a per capita per- kind of a deal, right? Give me 30 to get 50 seats. people in here, yep, right, to do yep. it. But even if you do that, you actually can't because most of your translators are like covered by GDPR, covered by other kinds of stuff, handled by a project manager who's like yep. trying to mediate all of this stuff, right?
2: Who use have also their own, their own internal things. systems because they got to track exactly, what's done.
0: and yeah. so and this I think this is the thing that we. Have learned over time is that the problem that we need to solve is like we have to solve everything on our side in terms of like yes. getting the things, annotating it, getting it ready to be sent. And then we have to figure out, given the situation, who's doing the translation, all that kind of stuff. Then we figure out how do we get it from our, our set of tooling now over to them for their system. But but the idea of having like a some kind of a service that either we make or that we pay for access to or whatever that handles all of it. Is not a thing. That's not a thing that exists. It's not... You don't get to do that. You basically have to be responsible for your side of preparing.
2: Yeah. There's no yeah. drop-down menu. You know, I'm jokes about this. And yeah. No one no one says... Yeah, no one says, oh, yeah, I added localization to my game in a weekend. No, you didn't. You really yeah, no. didn't. You might have added some shitty translation, shitty machine <laughs> translation. You might have added your little, like, your lookup system. Sure, you could do that, you know. But, uh...
0: It's easy to again. add it is easy to add machine translation. Like I, it's I very easy, t- yeah. I spent about an hour and we yeah. had machine t- translatable stuff. We could just through Google Translate, right? But
1: yeah. which again we just used good. for testing interfaces and, and the existence of characters in our fonts, but those are not usable translations, right? No, and, and in um, fact,
0: if you give a machine translated version of a game to somebody, they will review bomb that shit so they'll fast. Oh yeah. no. You were better off not doing it.
1: Yeah. Unless you got like yeah. words, you know. So yeah. so our solution to this problem, uh with Levelhead was suboptimal. Much better than Crashlands. Okay. With Levelhead, it was basically we just had like an extra text field that that could come along with each string. Yeah. So like while could, you're
0: adding its ID, you could also then provide a description.
1: Yeah. So make a make a instead of instead of it just saying like. Play, you know, then it'd be a text like, you know, I would just, I would explain it. I would just type in, you know, mm-hmm. this is the text that appears on the play button at, on the main menu, right? Now, the thing is, they still don't know what the main menu looks like or yeah. or how yeah. big the button is. Wrap or, your head
2: around that for a sec, you know? Blah, y'all. blah,
1: blah. blah. Right, and so you know, it, so there was a lot of back and forth. Where very often they'd be like, "Do you have any screenshots of this?" But like, we're actually just interacting with them over a like via a spreadsheet and stuff. So we're like emailing screenshots back and forth, and it's, it's fucking and then and then like if one if one translator says, "Hey, can I have a screenshot?" They get that screenshot, but we had twelve languages, so. If Mm -hmm. three other translators are like, can I have a screenshot? They don't know that the first person got it. There's no way to see that. And so you just got to keep answering the same questions and solving the same problems, right? So so with Crashlands 2, our solution was to try to centralize this where we have a new uh, backend uh, web system that – is that is creatively named the String Server?
0: Yeah, it's it's, like it could world. use a better name, but you know, it's yeah,
1: we'll <laughs> probably come up with a name for it once it you know matures into its own kind of matures. thing. Matures, um, but the idea is, is it's almost almost like a wiki, mm-hmm. yeah. where essentially all of the text goes in there, and we we can use it to audit the text, to attach screenshots, to have comment threads on specific things, to link link text to other pieces of text, so that so the translators can see, oh, this name of this creature is mentioned in these other places, and here's how people talk about it, or here's what it looks like, or context, you know, context, context. Um, yeah. Or if one translator comes in, they're like, I don't know what this is. They leave a comment, and then you know one of us replies, oh, here you go. And then we attach a screenshot or something. The next translator comes in to look at that, they'll see that whole exchange, so yeah. they, they'll get all the context. But it's
0: one out, of the, but right? it's still one of these like weird things, right? Where we're doing we're doing this to so that we can keep on adding context basically it's a it's a database of strings in their context right with images mm-hmm. and all kinds of stuff uh it meant for on our set in particular to be collaborative so so we also wanted to it's expensive to localize and every time you change something it has to be looked at again right by mm-hmm. the localization team to see like did the meaning change right or was it just like a typo right right and so the cost of making changes keeps going up as you're doing all of this stuff. And so part of also the, so we're trying to solve a bunch of things at once, right? Is we want to make sure that before we send stuff off to get localized, that we are highly confident it's not going to change so that we can reduce our costs there, make sure we're sending off good stuff. And also make sure that somebody's looked at everything that's going to get sent off to ask, does this have sufficient context, you know, right? So so we want to be able to do that. We also, as we're generating just context in the first, or these strings in the first place via the quests and the stuff that's in the game, Want to be able to easily check it for correctness, you know, right, mm-hmm. Uh and make sure styles are consistent and stuff. And when you're when almost every word you use is made up, it's pretty fucking hard to do, it's a right? Wily. So, so that's part of the, what we're also doing with it is like we're building a glossary that we're using for spell check for ourselves, right, for the system. But that also we can send off to the translation team and be like, here's our glossary of all the words and what they mean, right, of our weird made up words. So we can solve a whole bunch of problems at once, but. At the end of all of that, we've got this really slick interface for doing all this stuff now, right? And translators are going to have access to it um, from talking to that team. They're excited to have access to it. But the reality is still that most of what they'll be doing moment to moment is within their own tools. Right. Mm-hmm. So the other thing that this that this thing has to do is make it so that it's really easy for us to like add all this information and then get them that in a format that they can basically update and you know re-upload into their own tools, right? And so, so we have like our own interface onto this thing via this web portal. And then basically just a download button that's accessible also via API so they can automatically do it, right? That just takes the current state of all of that and then writes it to a file format that is importable into their tools, which is that Xlift thing I mentioned. And earlier,
2: again, right? their tools could be a variety of different tools. It could be so anything. it depends on who you're working with. Yeah. So and we know what this,
0: with this. Yeah, with this team, we know what the tool they're using. It's we're using one team, so they're they do everything really consistently in the same tool set, right? Um, the le- when we did when we did Levelhead, they are actually using different tools. Um, yeah. They tend to like have the same set of like they can use the same kinds of inputs and stuff, right? Um, but it's not all the same. What translators are used to is not all going to be the same, and so a lot of what we had to do is just have fuckloads of back and forth <laughs> with with the team that we're working with to be like, what can I provide for you? Like, what do you need? What format can it should it be in? How do I make it possible for you to get this information, right? Um, so that they don't have to come to our tool because the moment that that friction comes into play, they're going to be less likely to do it on the one hand, but also it just makes it harder to do their work,
1: right? Yeah, so you got to think about this from a DevOps perspective where when we talk about DevOps, it's about work should be flowing in one direction. Right. Yeah. So text should go from the game to our string server to the translators and then back to us and back into the game. That's that's the the flow. If we send something to them and then they have to come back to us yeah. to well, figure what out, is this to figure out how it works, mm-hmm. then that means things are flowing backwards through the the pipeline mm-hmm. and we haven't done enough to make sure that that they have what they need. Right. Yeah. And so the tool is set up in such a way that that whenever that happens, it'll be very obvious. To us, and it'll also solve that problem in that in that space going forward. But it also allows us to pretty easily keep updating the tool to prevent backflow of stuff. And, and know, with any new uh, language, like you
2: said, the difference between this and, and heads experience is that with any new language, you're not having a loss of context for new translators come in. So let's say, yeah, it's all. Let's say the game. This. Yeah, let's say the game comes out, does well, and we're like, oh, we do want to add a bunch of these other languages that are smaller, maybe, you know, um, but we think it's important and we want to do it. You now have this really rich, it really fast, wiki, right, of yeah, context that has already been used to establish the whole rest of the stuff. In other words, it's probably sufficient. So it's one of those things where you actually are able to collect all of the valuable feedback, even from translators directly, about individual strings, chunks of text, whatever Um, that would make it easier and easier to use over time. So it's not the sort of thing where it's just like, oh God, I mean, we talk about possibly adding a language to uh, the original crash lines. And the reality is like, that whole thing is set up so, you know, haphazardly, because we coded it without even thinking about it originally, that it would also take a very fucking long time and a lot of work to put just another language in. We didn't solve it in a way that makes it possible for us to put a yeah. third language in. It's there's
0: it's more 0 possible. Like. But yeah, not really... Po- yeah, it was actually because I was, I was trying to... As I was collecting stuff for the Loke team, um, I also went I was like, well, if they had... Because also, like, they typically, if a, a good look team will want all of the information you can give them. They want all the context, all the lore. They want everything, right? Um, and uh, and so, so since we do have the Chinese translation of the original Crashlands, like, we want the Crashlands 2 to have to be consistently translated since it's all the same characters and species and, mm-hmm. you know, places and stuff, right? And so we also need them to use that. Um, So so I went to go track it down so I could provide that to them, you know, and I went to the Crashlands, the original Crashlands uh, repository and I was like looking for it. I was like looking and then, but what I found was like six different files. Related yep. to all of this, right? Uh, and for like different subsets of things that, if you, that I was looking at it, I was like, "Oh, these are like basically different stages of things, right?" Because there was like a file that was basically the content for all the rumpus stuff that got added way later, right? Mm-hmm. And another file that was for like a, these like really specific subsets of things, right? And then, and then finally, I found a file that like had everything in it, but it was only the translations. And so I was looking through this, and I was like, "I don't. Where's the thing that's just like the English text and then the translation, right?" And then it turned out that I, so I was talking to sure to find it. And then it's not even in the repo. There's actually a Google spreadsheet no. that has all of that right in yep. it. Uh, well, cause the game, yeah, yeah, the game exports, exports
1: yeah, the game exports that yeah. by, by, by developer command yeah. whenever you need it, but it doesn't like save it. It's in not the in the project. It's, yeah. It's just like, wherever you dumped it. Yeah. yeah, <laughs> so, yeah. so it's
0: like, yeah. So it's, it's, if we wanted to add language to that, that it's like, okay, well there's like, there's at least three different things going on. Right. Um, and there's like different files also per like because we have different game modes. There's like you know your regular story mode that has its set of text, and then there's like the creative mode that's a different oh, set yeah. of text. And so like it's just a nightmare. It's,
2: it's a, a nightmare. nightmare right? Yeah. And that's like that's a, that's a place where we did actually solve it once, which is insane, right? It's like it's it's a solved thing, but a nightmare it to redo well, because it was this, this. It's always a nightmare.
1: Yeah, I think. Yeah. Well, this also this <laughs> comes back <laughs> sure. to this like one of the recurring themes that we've talked about over the years on, on the podcast is the is the the phases of scalability. Right, which is like going from zero to one, meaning like you don't have anything at all, and then you've built yes. a thing, right? Like that's your that's your first big problem, and then being able to do that thing again, like the one to two jump, that's another big problem. Mm-hmm. Like we made that jump with 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 uh, Crashlands from having one language to having English and Chinese, right? But then two, really, two to many, yeah. yeah. Well, and that's the thing yeah. is there is no there is no two to three jump. It's two to n as in yeah. If you can do something three times, you should be able to do it three thousand times without well. I think any it's actually I think yeah. it's
0: actually two to some, as in like which and, and some depends mm, that's on the context, true. right? It's yeah. Like. It, Some mo- moderate, uh, moderately yeah, large, then, number, then, but not. Then there's a new number you reach where you're like now people would call it at scale, yeah. right? And because yeah. at scale yeah. means like there's a whole new set of kinds of problems that open up. Now you're like running out of memory on devices and all kinds of stuff, right? Uh, but yeah, but you have, you have these different layers though, and each one is basically just as hard as the last one to solve, right? Yeah. Um, and you would think that if you solve one, you're closer to solving the next one. And Often you are. But you're actually not always because you'll often learn so many things that you just didn't know you had to think about when you go to that next jump that you discover. Yeah. Oh, I'm building on a foundation that is really not made for this, you know, which we've discovered yeah. over and over again. Yeah.
1: So we kind of found like in – so in Levelhead, I'd say we solved the two to some problem in the sense yeah. that we were able to get 12 languages into the game. We could have 12 more, was, you know. We could, yeah, but it was hard because of – we didn't have that, addi- that middle layer of – building up a library of knowledge about the text that the translators could use, which meant that every new language did require some amount of back and forth between us and the translator— Because they couldn't get all the information that they needed, so there's some amount of manual work that we have to do with every language. And we weren't However, doing things that were well integrated
0: with like how they actually do localization on their side. We were everything was yeah. kind of everything for everybody was kind of mediated by spreadsheets, right? Which was yes. not yeah, really an important way. note.
2: There is that levelhead is not a, a text-heavy game in the sense of like it, the text is not critically important. It has fifteen thousand like words. It's 15,000 words. So that sounds like a lot. But in terms of like requirement for you to just like pick up the game and play, like in other words, you don't, you're you not playing level head for the story is basically what I'm yeah. getting at. Right? It, it
0: can survive a limited quality of translation and That's other kinds of, of things. things yeah. Absolutely.
2: But if you're talking about like, oh, this is a long arc, think about like, I don't, know, I don't know, Dragon Age or even Baldur's Gate or something. And it's like, you cannot get away with like really poor translation over a story bit base game or something that has like quests they're supposed to make some fucking sense over time right because stuff just starts getting weird so but i think at this point though we've talked about now how do you also actually say for just real quick for that mm -hmm. idea of like the
0: one to some and some to many and so on when you're operating at sort of like triple a scale or just if you're as soon as you have audio in the mix if you have like verbals yeah if you got voiceover stuff um you have a whole new set of problems that we're not going to get because we don't do it, but it's a, it's a new set of translation problems that we're unfamiliar with. Same kinds of problems, just a bigger nightmare yet even, right? Mm-hmm. Um, but there's a new scale problem that gets introduced there, which is that what we're doing with our languages, like I said, we basically have a lookup table where it's just like we have every single string, every single ID for everything, and then we just have it repeated for every language with the, the version of it in that language, right? And that's just all loaded in the game at the same time. We just We just grab the right one, right? But if you are, you know, Baldur's Gate, no. and millions of words, millions of words, you know, fifty gigabytes of of VO or whatever, right? Then you have to decide, like, if we have this thing in twelve languages, which would have been a very intense ordeal to put together, right?
1: But if we have it, in- there, there, there are individual characters in that game that have over nine continuous hours of of voice lines, yeah. <laughs> like, like there's there's like one what? character. Whose voice lines play alone played back to back is longer than the entire Lord of the Rings trilogy. Yeah. That's one character yeah. in that game. That's yeah. crazy. It's wild. It's yeah.
0: So then you end up with a situation where now, if you want to, because any given player only wants their language. They do not need other languages, right? If every single language that you have in your game basically contributes, say, 10 gigabytes of, Stuff. of assets, right? Or or if you're if you're on mobile devices, then you're much more restricted if even 100 megabytes is a lot, right? Um, If you've got, because now if you've got 12 languages, you're talking uh, more than a gig, right? Not because of
1: storage, but because of RAM. Because
0: of RAM, right? And well, and storage both, but yeah, right. So then you have to figure out, okay, now how do I load only the right language? So, because we just load everything, which makes it really easy to deal with, you know, in in game, it's just all in memory at the same time. We just grab the right one. It it also makes it easy to test because you can just switch languages dynamically. It's no big deal, right? Mm But if you're, if you're now memory limited, then you have to figure out how do I actually load stuff from disk, right? Like yeah. while I'm doing stuff, the whole new set of problems. And if you're storage limited, then now you have to decide how do I distribute different versions of the game per language, right? And so like, if you're looking at the backend of like steam or Google play or whatever, like any good third-party service, which really should be all of them. Um, but any good one will have mechanisms by which you can basically have different, fully different versions, of the game for different languages, for different languages be, to solve this part of the problem. Yeah.
1: Right? So somebody doesn't need to download a, a petabyte of stuff yep. just to play just to your play game. Yeah. Yeah. And,
0: and so now you have this like a new set this whole new set of build problems and distribution problems that were previously you were just making one thing and then uploading it somewhere. Yeah. Now you're making one per language, and I have to deal with all the metadata. If you're got to make sure stuff goes the right place, and this, st- you know, like it.
1: Which it- also means if you want to compile that game, and you got to compile 15 different versions of the game every time you make a patch. Oh, yeah. And then you got to test those 15, you know. Welcome so to hell. The, yeah, yeah. So again, like, again, it's, it's the grains of rice thing. Like it doesn't like on its face. You're like, yeah, we just need to get some translations. Yeah, in there, just, right? just get but the words, send them off. To some holy fuck. fuck. Nope. Yeah. <laughs> like the, yeah. the problems really compound. Yeah. I, I well, guess so this, and that. I think
2: this brings us to the final piece, which is this. We talked about, we talked about basically getting the text out of your game in the first place, providing it then with enough context and getting it over to your translation team, both in a format that they, can appreciate, and also in a format that isn't so dumb that you just have to redo work and it doesn't really save you time in the long run, yep. so a context-building format. Then, let's say you get the translation back. Yeah. How does it come Now, back? how do you get it back and in? How do you get it in? Yep. And how do you know that, like, when you get it back in, that while that whole translation was happening, because again, it takes weeks. Uh, while the whole translation was happening, new words got added, maybe some text got changed, right? And you get this first batch of translation back. How do you get that in there and then know what is done versus still needs tweaking? Yeah. And now you're in the change management side,
0: right? Which is now you have all this stuff, you got to pull it in. So that's its own set of problems, right? And then, like you're saying, you got to figure out is everything covered or not, right? And there are lots of ways to handle all the different problems related to this. The the sort of the the non-nuanced one is the idea of string lock, right? And so you'll see this, especially in like AAA and stuff where sometimes the scale of the problem is just so big that you're like, fuck it, right? And and then your solution becomes- lock it down. Yeah, your solution becomes basically the the equivalent of we make a release branch of the game where nothing gets to change, nothing, right? So that we can then say, all right, this game is baked. This is what it is. We're going to release whatever this turns out to be. You do your final testing on it, you do all that stuff, right? You make your builds, right? But you also at that point, get all the strings pulled up, like do whatever your processes are to do that, send them off to localization, don't allow them to change the interim, import them in, and then you that's the thing that you ship off, right?
2: Yeah. Um, and to be fair, this is that is a way to do it. It also sucks for, well, I mean, just everyone involved, because yeah. what you're dealing with there is then you have these these string lock moments, which typically are going to be months before the game is being truly like deployed for its finished state, right? Yeah, for, for a little
0: bit of like time context, we're so we're starting our first round of LOC for questions to you next week, uh, with about 50,000 words so far, it's about a third of the game.
2: Um, which and, is also the size of the first game, by the way, 54,000 words, am I?
0: Yeah, something like that. And yeah. they're uh, and they're expecting something like three to four weeks to do the translations, plus uh, LOC QA, which is specialized quality assurance to test localization right mm-hmm. um so for basically like a novella length of stuff it's going to take about a month right for us to get that result back and that's not even accounting our own testing and stuff that we have to do on the other side of that blah 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 right so so that's that's your kind of delay you're working with like you've got a version of the game you think is ready you got your strings now you wait a month
2: yep is so, nothing going to change in that time you know that's not yeah, really how no. stuff. Works. or or you know like what it, yeah if people find stuff or oh well you know we were doing some i don't know some testing on the game, some play testing, or we're putting a demo out or something. We got some feedback. We need to adjust the the intro of how this goes, just from, to make the whole thing better. And you imagine a producer being like, "No," <laughs> mm-hmm. or "You can, but it won't be in the build that actually gets released to the public when the game comes out." It and even smaller stuff
0: pitch. you might not even think about, right? Like like so so we're working on this stuff, and we want to have a build of the game we can use to send off for marketing and various kinds of purposes Demos. Right? Mm-hmm. and ideally it's got an up-to-date credits page in it because it's the moment we're actually shipping the game like i really want to be able to give people credit you know but uh, we have that means we have to have a you know a localized credits page but we don't even know who the translators are yet right because they haven't translated it right so, yeah. so <laughs> we'll discover that while they're translating <laughs> that's when we'll find all that stuff out right once the Process start started basically right so so you don't need to localize people's names but you do need to localize their roles right
1: their and titles, titles or whatever and yeah. so this is
0: one of those things too it's like you don't want to be stuck in a situation where you're like oh shit we can't actually start or, or even like seth's working on uh, some uh difficulty modes right but that's not done yet so there's going to be some new everything you do time you do anything it adds new we're we're kind of
1: predicting so well this is this is kind of the real problem we have is we've actually set up our our production in a way that's weirdly antithetical to the the pacing of localization where like a lot of games will slow down their content production at the end and instead focus on polish polish QA. we do polish and qa continuously so that by the time we near the end of development our rate of content production exponentially ramps up week yeah. over week. Mm-hmm. So the problem now is we're predicting that we're going to be adding roughly 400 strings per week to the game. String, st- and a string could be a word or a paragraph or w- a text, you know. mm-hmm. yep. But So we're, we're predicting you know, roughly 400 strings per week on average – over the next like six months, mm-hmm. and so even if we you know send it to translators right now, by the time by the time they get back, they get back to us, there's, there's going to be a whole nother batch, and then another batch, and another batch, and another batch, and so that's you know kind of the next problem we've got to figure out how to solve with them because like they're they're going to be less accustomed to this kind of a way of of operating with like a an ever accelerating. Rate of of things coming through the pipe, um, yeah.
0: and for practical purposes, because they got to schedule stuff, they got they have like they're doing it's they have their own it, shit right. to deal with, right? Yep, yeah, yep. so so that means that practically speaking, it's got to be done in batches, right? You got to pick your batch
2: size.
0: So yeah, That's you got to pick your batch yeah. size and and like try to and basically, so like what we'll be doing our side is basically like we get to enough strings that we're like, all right, it's big enough that it's worth like deploying all the resources required to organize and, and do a, a batch, right? And then while that batch is being done, we're going to continue to dump stuff into it, right, as it goes. And then once they hit a point where they've where they basically finished, slash, they've gotten to the point where they're like, well, we hit the end of that timeline because new stuff just keeps coming in, right? So we'll call it done. We'll get that thing because we're now going to live in a state where we just always have a partial translation, right? Yes. And before launch, we will have to, at some point, go into actual string log. That will have to happen because... You have to you have to stop doing it so you can deploy a game that has everything really translated in it, right? Mm-hmm. So you still have to eventually, but during active development, that's when this stuff is really hard because if you wait until the very end to do all of your localization, then now you're taking what would have been like in this case, you know, a month to do the first third. The next thirds will each be a little easier because so much of the initial work is building the glossary and figuring out how stuff works and blah, blah, blah. Right. But we're talking a total of something like three months of localization time. Mm-hmm for a game the scale of Crashlands too, right if we put mm-hmm. that all at the end that means we had to know every, literally everything that was in there have it yeah, all stream-locked locked
2: three months in advance
0: and then have a three month window where that was all true and we got the localization done right with no room for like well what if we want to make changes you know mm-hmm. like right uh, and then we're now just waiting you know yeah, Well, so, the, other,
1: the other thing that we don't know because because we haven't worked with this translation company before um, and they, the timelines that they're giving us are based on their past experience from translating hundreds of other games, right? Yeah. What we don't know is, will it be faster for us because of the tooling we've developed? Like, will they be able to translate this m- more efficiently and quickly yeah. than they, you know, than other, than other things they've done because they can just blaze right through it without having to be confused the whole time about what it is that they're looking at. <laughs> and <laughs> so. less um, yeah.
0: rework. It's because, because a lot of it too is like, we're talking about all that insert you have. Right. It's like a, a play button. What does it actually mean? Right. Because they because the the look team also like they don't want to be peppering the developer with infinite questions. Right. And so yeah. they're going to make their best guess most of the time. And they're they're kind of operating the same way that we are, where we're trying to guess the level of uncertainty about like stuff. Right. And so if they're like a little unsure but feel pretty confident, they're not going to ask. Right. Mm-hmm. And so if there wasn't context that definitely made it unambiguous, then you just now have this kind of constant low level error rate where because the cost of asking is high, then they're just going to translate instead, right? And now way more cost and time goes has to go into look QA to discover all the things where stuff ended up being translated in a funny way say, because was it was afraid, the context.
2: They did, they did uh, originally budget for 10 times the amount that we ended up telling them we needed. I think you more actually, for- yeah.
0: Yeah, when we we put an estimate together from from them, and they said they gave me the number for how many QA hours they wanted to put in, and
1: I was like, literally no, this is (laughs) a lot. This is way this is way too many. I think I think we actually cut it down by ninety nine percent.
2: Yeah, in
1: terms of because like because again, they're they're assuming that they're not going to get any support uh, from us as developers when it comes to them being able to investigate the game and verify that their translations are yeah. displaying as intended and working well, right? Um which is but, then another
0: part of the puzzle, right? Is that you need to be able to cause what we need to be able to do is provide a basically like a guide to how to test the localized versions. Cause we can't we can test the technical parts of it, like to stuff to stuff fit in the boxes, you know, that kind of thing, right? Or there are the glyphs there. But we can't test, does it look, or does it translate correctly? Like, do the, do the buttons now make sense, right? Uh, and so what we need to be able to do is have a good enough QA team, good enough developers that they can assemble, basically, like, an instruction manual for how to do the low game test. Space, how to move through yeah. the game to cover as quickly as possible all the things that we think need to be covered. And we have to know ahead of time, like, which things we can be confident of that if this is good that implies that all this other stuff is good enough too probably so we don't need to actually explicitly test it right and that's just another thing we have to do is figure out like what is that how do we design that so that now when we give that to low key way now it can take them a day instead of three months or whatever right
1: Um, to actually do all that work so it's a lot Yep. yeah so as you can see we we got a lot more to say about it but well you know we're out of time but this is a big yeah this is a big problem um, and I hope we kind of shed some light on, like, the, the evolution that we've experienced as a studio, We're, like, with our first games, just English. Crashlands launch was just English, and it took a lot of time and mistakes and learning and all that just to get Chinese mm-hmm. into the original Crashlands. Yep. And, and we still just can't get other languages into it without, like, probably another eight months of work, right? Yeah. Um, the problem we have left still is right-to-left languages, which we haven't. Yeah. We have not yet don't cracked even want to crack that. No. I don't know. Yeah, that yeah,
0: that's one of those, like, we've now solved so much. Pain, so much you know? Yeah, we
1: solved so much stuff.
0: <laughs> and we know, like, that's the one blind spot we have left that, like, that we – everything else right now is designed to make it workable for all the languages that we've supported, right? And, and CJK was the big hard one at that time, right? Because um, it introduces new kinds of problems versus, like, all the different Western European languages. But then, right to left introduces a new, a brand new set of problems, wholly, wholly new technical problems, mm-hmm. uh, and design problems. Because now the question is, how do you make it look right when things are now right to left? <laughs> right, uh, and we don't know. Is the short of it? We haven't solved that, and we It's one of those like. And honestly, we
1: won't solve it in Crashlands 2. We no. don't. Yeah, we just, yeah. Like we, we like we're, we, have we have so many have other problems. <laughs> yeah, we have so many other problems to solve, and and we, you know we're we're always trying to move move the deal. We're trying to move things forward in a way that we can afford, you know, that, that still keeps us on a good, good timetable. It's not that, it's not that we don't care. You know, we do, like, we do want people to be able to play Crashlands 2 in Arabic. That'd be fucking awesome. Oh, every day, every day. <laughs> uh, and, and we want, we want people from that, that part of the world to be able to experience the things that we're making. You know, we want to be able to interact with, with players and fans over there. Like, that'd be awesome. Um, but the, the technical problems that we have to solve are huge and we can only solve so many of them and we've got to – we've got to just pick – got to pick some problems to solve, get those done and then hopefully with the next game, you know, we can – Yeah,
0: and that's we that idea earlier I talked to about. It's that, that idea of that investment choice, right? Which is like – yeah, it is true that if you can invest in more in – and access to more markets, that's generally a good move, right? However, like, as the market sizes of those markets, as each one shrinks and changes and whatever, and your ability to actually intentionally, you know, market in that space and that kind of stuff goes down, um, the
2: va- the value proposition also keeps going down, which... Uh, if, and and if the investment required goes up. Yeah, exactly. As, as really I think we've made clear, yeah. like, actually, this is what always blows my mind, because when you get... I just hope that it's the case when players hear this in particular, not devs, but even just players, where it's like, if you've ever wanted a game to be in your language and it's not... This is why it's not. This is why. It is so fucking hard. <laughs> it is insanely yeah. hard. And it Which does not so to many say things. say it shouldn't be,
0: right? Because we yeah. all want... Honestly, there's no developer, I, I think, in the fucking universe, except for... God, no. Except for probably really racist ones or something, who don't want their game in, like, every mm-hmm. language. Because it's awesome. It's awesome to have players all over the world. It's so cool when somebody writes in a support ticket, and you're like, I don't know what this says because it's not my language, right? (laughs) And then like now we're going to Google Translate, trying to figure out how do I communicate with this person who's playing this, is who's engaging with this thing that I made, right? Mm -hmm. It's fucking cool. And I remember like when we first got Crash OG Crashlands into Chinese. I remember we, we got it like loaded up and we had like Sam made like a custom title in the Chinese title. You know, we and had like loaded that up.
2: Redo the we redid the trailer with the Chinese oh yeah. voice act, which, which was hilarious, yeah. awesome,
0: and like and, and like the trailer and then booting up the game and like actually like looking at it and seeing, seeing all the Chinese text come up
1: was one of the coolest
0: dev experiences. I Great. think it was
1: weirdly it emotional, was so like, cool, like seeing yeah seeing the entire main menu splash screen and everything completely in Chinese. Yeah. It was just like it, it felt was like a milestone. So cool. Yeah. So, and like, and yeah, so I would
0: love to someday be, be able to be like, yeah, we'll just basically support everything, you know, but you can't, there's a jillion languages, right. uh, But being able to make it just like more and more possible to have to solve more of these problems is one of those things that I think is it's cool that we get to do. But if you're already at a point where like you don't have the cash, you don't have the time, you don't have, right? right? There's only so much new investment. That's another the same. There's only so much new investment you can do. Each time before you're starting to create new risks um, yes. of not yeah. even being around.
1: But um, there's there's one thing you can do, which is you know even if you it's like the position we were in when we first made the first questions was we didn't we didn't have the money yeah. to well, I mean, or the to tools. do it. we we yeah, couldn't yeah. pay for translation yeah, no, yeah. yeah. but the yeah. thing is the thing is had we been thinking about it we could have set up I could have set up the games UIs to be able to easily swap yeah. out translation we could text. have still but prepared. So, so that way, one, like, if the game did well, right, right. then we could have fi- like figured that out and had multiple translations for a bunch of languages in, you know, under eight months, yeah, <laughs> <right>. um, <laughs> instead of one one sort of like locked in Chinese translation and then no ability to do anything else, right? Yeah. So, like, like we could we could have done it in a way that set us up to be able to make the investment. Yes.
0: And I think that's the recommendation. I think at the end of this is, take the, yeah, take the is, low
2: cost setup things so that yeah. if you hit a point where it's possible for you to get publisher money maybe you get a deal going or even launch the game and it does well that you can turn around and finish the rest of it right yeah and, and that's maybe, that internationalization bit, bit. yeah so yeah.
0: so do so do some reading on it like and it's it's one of, it's like so fascinating actually like stuff that you just don't think like the fact that different languages have like gendered nouns and stuff right or or an absence of gendered Uh, pronouns right Um, and like there's like stuff that you don't think is going to matter or be even a thing to consider um, or different kinds of plurals right because like it's one of the most fascinating things that I had to kind of figure out is like how do you deal with if you need to like inject a number into something and then need the text to adapt to that fact Mm -hmm. right Uh, that different languages have different cutoffs for because we have like zero as, as we treat as a plural and then one as a singular and then everything else is a plural in English right and in other languages, you have like a distinct thing for zero, a distinct thing for one, and then like a sum that goes between a certain set of numbers and then like a mini, right? Yep. And each language has a different like a way of doing things at different levels just for something like numbers, right? Uh, and so you don't, so even something that you just think oh I just need like a plural form and a singular form that's not fucking true actually right <laughs> yeah uh, yeah. Like,
1: yeah and you might be thinking like why would you need that many well why do we even need singular and plural if I say hey I have three apple yeah. you under you understand you what that it? means yep. yeah why do I need to slap an s on the end of that thing well that's just, well, well, we that's we do just how that's just how we do it in English yeah. I don't and, know <laughs> and all languages
0: are like that only they just do it in a different way and so, so they just do so it differently it is one of the cool things about this stuff and it's worth. If you're if you're making a thing and you and you hope someday, you know, to, to have it be localized, uh start very early just reading about this stuff. Just learn yeah. about it. Um go play around with like what it means to to translate stuff, the kinds of tools people use. And just learn about it because you'll you'll also it'll make you a better developer. You'll just learn new things about how you might do things in the future to support multiple languages and stuff.
1: You know, dare I say it'll make you a better person. Oh, you know yeah. you'll be you'll I mean, become a citizen of the world. Yeah. You'll start to appreciate other cultures more, you know? Mm-hmm. Only 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 good things come yeah. from this. Yeah. Expensive as it may be. It's expensive. To, to... <laughs> uh all right, well, this was a little bit of a different episode than we normally do. A little bit of a deep dive into into something pretty interesting that we're kind of working on. So I hope everybody uh enjoyed it. And that's all the time we have. For this week, we'd like to thank our producers Fat Bard and Sampa de Costa for putting the podcast together, and thanks to our community moderators who keep our Discord running. To get more involved in the Butterscotch community, just go to podcast.bscotch.net, where we have links to the community Discord, a way for you to donate, and links to the podcast archives. And as always, if you haven't yet, head on over to Steam and give Crashlands 2 a wish list. It'll help boost its visibility in the store, which of course helps us out a ton as we get closer to launch. So thank you all for listening.